uh, was United's uh, performance against uh, Everton in victory as messy as my attempt to do an intro just there? <laughs> Actually, um, I think generally speaking, I would have to say that on this rare occasion, United did a better job than you. I think it hasn't been that way very often recently. No, uh, we're back, aren't we? Uh, Premier League title winner coming in May. <laughs> um, so we were supposed to do a show after Juventus. Uh, and then you couldn't record after Juventus, it turned out. We had a, we had a whole plan and everything, Ed. Uh, yeah. I really should look at my diary ahead of time. <laughs> Before we make plans. So we're here and we're going to go back all the way. You know, football has such a short memory that Chelsea against Manchester United seems like a lifetime God, it really ago, does. I'd, I'd actually, actually forgotten we'd played that game uh, in thinking about this podcast. Uh, yeah, it's, it'd gone, but uh, it was only two weeks ago. I mean, less than that. It was just a week and one day ago, in fact, Ted. Um, so not even not even close to two weeks yet. The thing about that game is normally when a game happens a long time ago and we miss one uh, for podcast purposes, we just tend to touch on it very briefly and move on. But this time, that game feels like not the kind of game that you can ignore, basically. So um, we go 1-0 down in, in an insipid first-half performance. Just dreadful. Once again, this kind of... You know, all the cliches you can imagine about the players not playing for the shirt and definitely not playing for the manager. But once again, that 1-0 down at half-time completely transformed. And um, really robust, effective counter-attacking. We looked really dangerous and uh, we were really dangerous as, as Tony Marshall scored and then Tony Marshall scored again. Yeah, uh, he's back, isn't he? Along with United. Mm. Uh, I mean, look, great to see, isn't it? And, and and Tony Marshall in that kind of form, running at players, scoring goals, is is the player we had before Mourinho joined. And and all <laughs> so that's a, it's a very loaded way of putting it, but it's true, isn't it? Well, not according to him. According to him today. No, he's now reprogrammed um, him. Yeah, he just he just needed oh. to be reprogrammed. Oh, just oh ah. Oh. I mean, have you ever been more mad at anything that didn't actually really matter in real life than that? <laughs> I mean, it was yes. A lot of things. A lot of things have happened in real life that have made me more angry than that. But uh, oh my god, what what an absolute lunatic uh, that manager is! We make is. a lot of um, very obvious comparisons to a certain politician <laughs> over the pond, don't we? I mean. Yeah, just every week he proves proves right. I'm sure he listens because he's like, "Yep, yep, I'm going to get even more Trumpy." Anyway, we won't talk about that too much because we promised we wouldn't uh, sound like a broken record on this show. Uh, we were talking yep. about a good thing, which is Anthony Martial back in form, scoring goals. United coming back from one nil down to lead at Chelsea, and and United have an absolutely horrendous record at Stamford Bridge. Not not just since post Fergie. For 25 years or something like that, so few victories and so few good performances. And this really looked like United had pulled one out from from being a really horrendous performance in the, in the first half and being very united and everything we feared would happen at Stamford Bridge to, to being very positive in the second half. Still didn't create, honestly, a lot of good chances. I mean... Um, the uh, the XG, as we like to talk about, on uh, Tony Marshall's first goal was you know, tiny, um, and uh, that's because Tony Marshall is a magician. <laughs> he is, yeah, um, and and that's look, it still is a concern with so many attacking players um, not creating chances, uh, and that's a it's a pattern. We'll 
come to the Everton game because that kind of broke a little bit, um, is is a problem for United. Uh, but this was really good for 45 minutes, created some, played really effectively on the break, used the pace that was in the side um, and, uh, and almost, almost secured victory. Yeah, his first goal, big XG. It was his second goal, which was the absolutely minute XG. Um, uh, Chelsea's XG in that game looks way better than ours, but most of that is just because um, the Rudiger header right at the end was actually saved by De Gea, and it was the rebound that was put in, and that that Rudiger chance was, you know, was a was obviously a massive one. Um, how did we end up throwing away that game? I mean. I can't help thinking that when this happened, I was thinking, okay, it's more complicated than this. Don't just blame Mourinho. Football's subtle, nuanced. There's a lot going on. But when he took off Matt Ferreira, you're like, oh, no. Well, he did it again against Everton, didn't he? And I kind of all brought Herrera on for it. Wasn't it Matter? No, not Matter. Um, wasn't it one of them anyway I, like it, it does ha- there does feel like a pattern I kind of know what you're going to say really which is that uh, it just encourages United to sit deeper and deeper and deeper you know and and we've seen now plenty of evidence that this team is at its best when it's attacking there are so many attacking players so many good talented attacking players that um, are less than the sum of their parts honestly and I think we know why that's the case that when the horses run freely look very, very good. And it just doesn't happen very often. Uh, and 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 the the examples, the best examples we got are when it's desperate. And uh, it wasn't, it didn't get to the point of desperation against Chelsea. And, and that was the remarkable thing. And at no point was it desperate against Everton. Um, and that felt strange as well, didn't it? I, yeah. I, I have to say, I'm going to sound like an awful cynic. I, I don't expect it's going to continue because I have way more evidence that it doesn't than it does. But I kind of hope it does, you know, obviously. I mean, the the the, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot, I've been thinking a lot about the concept that, that you know, people are very sure of their opinions in the world and, and in a global sense, this has become an absolutely massive problem um, about real things that really matter. But of course, in football, we all get very sure of our opinions too. And we, you know, the the thing that I always think about is, is uh, being wrong. Like there's been so many times on this show where I've just been straight up wrong about one thing or another. And, and I think about that a lot in terms of like, is Mourinho actually shot? Because I think he is. And can he pull it out at United? And I don't think he can. But of course, it could be wrong. And it would be very convenient to be wrong in this case. One of the things I was very wrong about was the expectations of how we'd set up against Chelsea. Because if you told me we're going to have Mata, Rashford, Martial and Lukaku all in the starting eleven, I'd have said, was he dropped Pogba or something then? You know, but no, he, he, he really went for it in terms of uh, the lineup. Very attacking once again, and uh, he did similar against Juve as well. Yeah, uh, it doesn't always mean it doesn't always follow that when Mourinho picks a bunch of attacking players that it's an attacking performance. There's no. there's a certain level of inhibition that is naturally baked in, and in fact, at times in the game against Everton, especially in the first half, I thought that they were just a little bit safe. You know, they weren't playing the riskier balls in the final third. Uh, and that's where it, it was breaking down at times. 
Um, and uh, you know, obviously, in the end, those goals were scored, and uh, and United did enough to win that game. And and you know, it felt like a much more attacking performance than uh, certainly that against Juve, and but also against uh, Chelsea. So I think there's a lot of baked in inhibition in this team, both in terms of lack of confidence, and I think the way that Mourinho wants them to play. I get the feeling that they get the punishment beating if they take too many risks. Uh, and they certainly I mean, they Paul- certainly get a beating from the crowd actually because I think the the Old Trafford crowd um, has changed over the years where you know they they will get on a player's back for taking a risk look at Bogba um, and I'm not sure I mean, that would have been the case ten fifteen years ago. You mentioned uh, Pogba, like you know, not taking enough risks in the final third. Pogba takes enough risks in our own third. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, I mean, he, he took a lot of the stick um, against Chelsea for not picking up a man at the corner. Uh, oh, and, and I have to say, I mean, yes, he didn't follow his man. Um, would I put Paul Pogba um, to defend against one of the best headers in the Chelsea team? Absolutely not. So I don't know who made that decision. Um, you know, he's he's many things. And as we saw against Everton, when he was absolutely bossing the game in the final third, that's where you want him playing because that's where he's brilliant. That's where he's world-class. Defending corners, not so much, you know. And and you fair enough to criticise him and say, yeah, he should have picked up his man. I think you, wanna, you want to, um, that's looking at the symptom. You want to look at the cause for that one and, and work out who's picking up who at corners. That was absolutely mad. The whole thing, the, the reaction. So if you, if you, I mean, obviously we've all seen it a thousand times because they just played it. I've never seen a, a mistake played that many times on television before. As Graham Souness has uploaded it to YouPorn. You know, it's like the, the, the mo. Okay, so Pogba loses concentration really really briefly he does he definitely did you can see him looking away from Rudiger and as soon as he sees what happens he desperately tries to to cover but there's one of two things has happened there um either the plan is that that Lindelof covers Luis and Pogba covers Rudiger and Lindelof is supposed to split off with the runner if the runner goes one of the, if one of them goes Lindelof's because how can I mean no no they're on man for man even, uh, it's, it's not yeah. Zonal, it's man for man there yeah. right so at this point the system is all as well as Pogba losing concentration and not being touch tight to his man and, and allowing Lindelof and uh, Louise to almost get in in between the two of them. The system's just really shoddy too. Like, yeah, it's a Pogba mistake, but dot, dot, dot. And of course he made up for it in, in his attacking contributions as he, as he always does. But just the reaction, the kind of the instant, like never Gary Neville going, Oh, it's so indisciplined. You're like, He's made a mistake. You made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. It's yeah. I think that word so getting repeated sounded like a dog whistle to me. And, and a lot I said that on Twitter, and some people didn't like that, uh, including people I, I wasn't talking to directly who would like, "Oh, are you calling me a racist? Are you?" You know, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a dog whistle for you know poor discipline being a dog whistle mm. for the past thirty odd, you know, or longer years for black players so um and i and i'm i'm fully prepared to stand behind that and i, I think the reason why probably gets so much um so much crap is you know a lot of it is that 
unfortunately. I mean, he's now become parody on this count uh, to, to, to the point that when he actually praised Pogba or almost praised Pogba um, in the game against Everton, that everyone, or oh, Jamie Carrigan, nearly fell off his chair. <laughs> the um the I was trying to think of the last time that the the only high profile white player I can think that received anything like the same treatment. Obviously, there's been high profile white players who've received a lot of criticism. Rooney got a lot of stick, although although not from the football media and and certainly not from football television. Pun, I, I hardly ever received any criticism for his on pitch performances for for a decade, but. But the only white player I can think of who got a similar type of stick was David Beckham, who was kind of because of his celebrity and high profile, he got um, something of the same kind of criticism. But there's something extremely ugly about the Pogba criticism. And and this isn't about saying that every individual who criticises Paul Pogba is racist. And it's also not about saying that Pogba doesn't have indiscipline in his game because, like, of course he does. That's part of his genius in a no, lot no, of sure, ways. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And actually, that wasn't the point I made. I just said, it's a dog whistle, no. which it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more with your point. I'm providing um, just there's an imaginary counter-argument sure, in my yeah. head that's coming yeah. of a lot of people just going, Argh! Well, that's exactly what I got. No. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, no, like, sure. I, I think you're right. You know, he, he... And in fact, in that moment, there was a lack of defensive discipline, right? Mm. Um, but I think the overreaction is uh, is because of who Pogba is. Uh, and I also, like, I'd come back, as I said, you know, I, I, I'd want to fix the uh, cause there, not the symptom, you know. Pog- yeah. Pogba picking up a, a, a very good attacking player from a corner, not a good plan. Yeah. And yeah, that's made beforehand. It's, people aren't just randomly assigning themselves to a man um, when you're man-for-man no. marking. Um, this whole show is going to have a lot of Nemanja Matic slander in it. <laughs> Let's start the Matic slander with the Chelsea game. Yeah, well, I, look, I'm going to say that uh, uh, I've had this agenda for some time, as you know. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm uh, over a year now of saying that I don't think Matic um, is a very good defensive player. I just don't think he is. He allows people to run past him. Uh, what he's added to his game in the past year, since I first started saying he was a poor defensive screen, is that he's got markedly slower I think he just he looks like he's treading water all of the time and this doesn't it doesn't seem like he should be burning out you know I'm not sure what it is but he just looks so off pace he's also got really slow on the ball I think it was the Chelsea game might have been Juve there's a moment where Pogba like beats three defenders and slides a ball to Matic with a kind of drag it's on the right wing with a kind of drag back pass and Matic just does the worst most useless back heel to like knock the ball straight back to Juve you can see Pog was absolutely furious but um I, everything Matic does at the moment you've talked about safe this this kid is this kid has gone safety crazy um when he first arrived in the first few months he looked like a really great signing in terms of he was dribbling and beating players and linking up with Pogba brilliantly and attacking sense. He's obviously got like a heck of a shot on him. And, you know, he obviously likes being at United and and seems to be a team player and all that sort of thing. But uh, on the pitch, he is just wasting a shirt at the moment. 
He is, and it's a problem because there's not a, a, a direct replacement, although obviously Herrera two years ago did a very good job in that role. Um, Pereira started the season in that role. I'm, I'm going to assume that Jose doesn't rate him there and it's not really his natural role, I think, to be playing defensive midfielder. Fred is 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 not that player, although he has obviously has a good industrious side to his game. Um, so, there, you know, there are options, but there isn't a perfect defensive midfield screen. United clearly could have invested the money better than they did. And, and unfortunately, we now have a player who's, you know, approaching 30 and looks well, well off the pace and on a mega contract. So we're stuck with him for a while. Absolutely. Um, the... Uh... The Matic slander then continues with... Oh, one more thing about the Chelsea game. I thought Ashley Young did a really good job on Eden Hazard. Yeah. Um, as uh, It's weird when Ashley Young plays really well defensively. Yeah, norm- normally when uh, Hazard puts in a performance, sort of, you know, fairly muted performance, I'd be saying he's cheating in his manager, but obviously Ashley <laughs> had him in his pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that last goal, what a frustrating, silly... Ugh. I mean, I wasn't disappointed with the result. The result was great. Like, two-all draw away at Stamford Bridge, that's a good result for United, but, ugh. Yeah, deeply frustrating. And then, of course, I've forgotten his name now. One of the Chelsea coaches runs in front of Jose and, you know, goads him. Pretty classless thing to do. And, of course, Jose being Jose couldn't help himself and try to fight him. He had two goes. The, the, the Chelsea lad runs past them after the goal scored, runs one way, kid turns to Mourinho's going, and Mourinho doesn't do anything. Then he runs back and Mourinho's up out of his chair and chasing him off and then all the Chelsea fans start singing F off Mourinho and you're thinking, really? Really? We're allowed to hate Jose Mourinho for what he's done to our club, but he turned your club into serial winners and absolute machines and by far your best ever team. Well, as as Jose held his fingers aloft, he's won three titles with Chelsea. He did the threes again at, at, at the Juve fans, this time representing. He loves that number. Um, he did the threes again representing the treble that uh, he'd won with Inter, reminding all the Juve fans of his glorious time when they just got promoted back from Serie B. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, let, let, let's gloss over that bit. Yeah, not as good as United's treble of Community Shield, League Cup and Europa League. <laughs> Clearly. Three, three, hold up the threes. <laughs> Maybe he just really loves West Coast rap and the threes look a bit like the W. No, that's right, yeah. <laughs> West Side. Uh, um, do, you, do you want to move on to Juve? Anything else to say about the Chelsea game? Uh, see it really. I mean, the, the answers to those questions are no and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've got nothing else to say about the Chelsea game. But So, uh, so Juve uh, had a previous appointment and I actually couldn't see the game live. I had to watch it again the next day, knowing the result and knowing how bad it would be. But I did, you know, in service of this podcast, I took, you know, 90 minutes of my life that I'll never get back and watch this absolute pile of nonsense that United served up. I mean, it got slightly better than hot in the second half. Slightly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they had they had a ruddy good go at it, I thought. Yeah, I, I, mean, thought I don't mean, you know, ruddy, I don't know about that. I mean, didn't, didn't barely create the sausage, did they? But <laughs> Six shots. We had six whole shots. They tried their were best. Were any of them on target, them. remind me? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that they were, but also, like, that six shots Pogba to the away post. team. I remember that. 
yeah, six shots to the away team's fourteen. So you know, oh, look, this is a proper scoring. And and yeah. you look at the teams, and you know, obvious, obviously, there's the confidence that comes with winning seven titles on the trot with Juve and a system they you know know and understand. They've added Ronaldo's quality this year, and you know, in, in Pjanic, they have a, a very talented central midfielder, don't they? And Bentecor, a young player who's who's um, sort of plays in this kind of deep lying playmaker role. You know, he's he's not Andreas. Andrea Pirlo is he, but Sims, you know, likes to kind of play that role. You know, plenty of talented players, and and Mourinho, of course, pointed out to their backline of Cellini and Bonucci. Didn't mention mention Chesney, Arsenal reject Chesney, of course. But you know, they've got plenty of players of quality. But so have United, you know, and just weren't able to put anything, anything on this game at all. And Juve never looked in trouble. I mean, one nil, but. It feels like, you know, a much greater margin of victory than 1-0, doesn't it? 60% possession for Juventus at Old Trafford. And the thing is, like, you look at that team, all right, Chesney definitely doesn't get in the United team. Sandro does, but really, like, that isn't... I mean, it's an upgrade on Luke Shaw, but it's not life-changing, is it? I mean, Sandro's a very good player, obviously. He was man of the match in this game, very... in. He is a very good player, but still. Chiellini and Bonucci obviously both walk into the side, but actually Victor Lindelof had a really good game in this game. One of the only United players to emerge with any real credit from it. Out of the whole of their midfield four, Pjanic, Pjanic should be a great player to have in the team, but he doesn't. you don't have him over Pogba in that role. I'd have Matuidi over Matic every day and twice on Sundays, but that's most, you know. That, and then obviously their their front two of Dibolo and Ronaldo. I, I mean, yeah, you'd have both of them. You'd play, I don't know, play Dibolo where Rashford played and play Ronaldo up front or vice versa. But it's not like it's not like every one of their team would smash every one of our team in individual one-on-one competitions. This is like, I think if you, I don't know, if you flip, uh, it just felt very much like we are so far, much less than the sum of our parts at the moment. And yeah, it's embarrassing. It, um, it's true. And, and look, it's a bit of a cliche of this podcast, you know, if, we, if we'd flip the managers, would would the uh, would the outcome be different, you know? And, who knows exactly, but it, it does feel like we should be the sum of our parts and great managers, and Mourinho's record suggests he's a great manager, are able to get you know, a team that is greater than the sum of the parts, and that's definitely not the case with the United. And, and maybe we're kidding ourselves and these players aren't as good as we think they are. Um, and perhaps the results over the last five years, three years, however many years these players, some of these players have been at the club suggest that they're not as good as we think they are, but you know we know that when when they uh, when they are able to play freely, that they do create more. And they they played in with such amount of inhibition in this game, and they just you know immediately on the back foot. I mean, this is a point that's been widely made, but lots of people said it felt like when United first got into the Champions League in the 90s and were playing teams that were just on another level from them at the time yeah. because the football was from another planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it, in fact, in fact, it feels it feels sort of mid, you know, 95 to 97 era, not the 97 to 98 era when United were just knocking on the door. 
you know. Mm. And there, there were times where there were games where United knocked on the door again and again and again and would be caught out from being tactically naive or there'd be one goal and just wouldn't be able to get that breakthrough even though they press and press and press and press. And that wasn't this. We got a schooling. Yeah. Yeah, 1-0 was, like like we've said, 1-0 was very flattering. And, you know, it's you talk about the players and you, you go through the United eleven in that team. First of all, most of them haven't been there for much of the last five years. I mean, uh, Mata, Young, Smalling and De Gea are the only players who played under Moyes, let's say. Um, and obviously, Smalling, De Gea and Young are the only ones that played under Fergie. And Smalling and Young are two players that every United fan under the sun has called out to be replaced. So it's like, yeah, no, we all acknowledge the ones that most of them, apart from one matter, we'd get rid of all of them. And obviously we wouldn't get rid of that. But, you know, like the, the ba- it's the bad players that, you know, we know that. And yet they're sort of still in the team. And that's about systemic failures in recruitment, obviously. Um, and Chris Smalling's like, had a couple of good games. And so obviously he's absolutely wrecked it against Everton because he's just never going to ever, ever not have that in his game. But anyway, the, 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 the we've seen time and again recently that given the right circumstances, these players can do so much more than yeah, it looked like they, they could do against you, though. Um, and it's not about... it's. I mean, it's about recruitment, yes, but it's not about money. United's uh, income and spending is greater than Juve's. And in fact, that gap has only just been closed because Juve spent $100 million on, you know, 34-year-old Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and even with um, the, the gap in income, it, that is exacerbated because, you know, over the last five years, Juve's uh, Champions League income is more than double United's or double United, something like that. So... Um, which which is, of course, about United's failures in this competition. Well, and also Juve's generational level of success. Like, you know, they've got to three finals, yeah. it? or two in a semi or whatever. Um, the, the, the Juve did not look like they had to be that good to beat us either. You know, we talked about the kind of hammerings United got off great European sides in the mid-90s, but this wasn't that. Like, they, they didn't really look like they were that bothered. They didn't really have to get out of second gear. Ronaldo had a little moment before the game started of Old Trafford in motion, and, of course, the... Um, the crowd gave him a hero's welcome, which is slightly uncomfortable at the at the moment. But, you know, you knew it was coming because football fans. Uh, Mourinho did not make one single substitution in this whole game. Didn't even put Tahith Chung on for two minutes at the end for no reason. Like, why didn't he make a single substitution? Well, was he he just... explained it afterwards. He said he didn't think it was fair on Chong to try and come in and change a Champions League game, which kind of makes you wonder why he's on the bench at all, if that's the case. Uh, under what circumstances yeah. was he coming on when United were 5-0 up? You know. And, you know, there's, there's, there's Pereira on the bench, there's Fred on the bench, there's, you know, players who can positively affect a football match at 1-0 down, which we were from the 16th minute. You know, so very, very peculiar, especially with Romelu Lukaku absolutely blowing out of his back. He looked exhausted in that game. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a couple of tactical substitutions could be made, could have, could have made Martial or Rashford up front and Pereira down the left or, you know, a whole bunch of options. Um, yeah, didn't take didn't, any didn't of them. Didn't take any of them. Um, you know, and you've got to wonder why. Is, was he happy with losing 1-0? That seemed to be what it felt a bit like, yeah. Let's move on to Everton because that was absolute dross. Yeah. And, it, of course, it puts United's qualification in in you know jeopardy now because the next game i think i'm right in saying is away at uv not going to get any easier is it then we've got the home game with valencia 
No, away, away of Valencia. With the, the, that terrible nil-nil That's against right. Valencia was at away home. of Valencia, and then home to Young Boys. Now, depending on how the the results shake out, and Valencia aren't in great form either. They play uh, Young Boys next. Um, uh, it could be that United could lose the next two, beat Young Boys, and qualify with seven points. You know, it is definitely possible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're bearing you're bearing the lead vis a vis the ridiculous result that Valencia and Young Boys played out while we were playing Juventus because that has done us a massive favour. Massive favour, massive favor. but <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't put much money on United going too much further than the next round if qualification no. happens, and it's it's far from certain. I all you know, listen, get through the group, great. Get knocked out of the competition, fine. Just don't finish. Please, please, please don't finish third and make us have to deal with the flipping Europa League, which we're not going to win, by the way, this time round. It's much harder this time round, and we are way worse than we were when we won the Europa League not that long ago. Let's move on to Everton, because this was better. A much better performance, and and against an Everton side who are in really good nick as well coming into this game, who had more or less all the players that have been playing well for them available, um, and who did actually threaten on occasion, um, but United, without question, deserved victors of this game. Yeah, I mean, just came out with much better attacking intent, um, looks uh, looked to be moving the ball really well. There were some very nice passages of play. I mean, I think I said earlier that at one point I felt a bit frustrated they weren't taking more risks in the final third, and they they were just a little bit safe, you know. And that's probably that's probably true the first twenty minutes or so. Um, uh, but uh, you know, in the in the end, um, yeah, go two nil up. Almost felt like they could blow it at the end, didn't it? You know, when we. Went into their shell for the last twenty minutes or so, and Everton scored a penalty. Uh, but it was all round much, much better performance than than we've seen this season. I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's that's fair, especially across the ninety minutes against taking in level of opposition into account for sure. And um, I did think that we were still we still looked really defensively vulnerable, particularly. Um, it wasn't just the penalty that that saw us give the ball away in midfield and Everton sort of press and counter attack. There were there were a few little chances that were that were kind of created, or not even not even necessarily chances, but moments that could easily have led to a chance. I, I thought it, it didn't look impossible, but especially before we took the lead, um, that Everton could do something in this game. Yeah, and they've got they've got dangerous players, haven't they? And Richarlison, a very very good player. I mean, obviously they spent a lot of money on him. Sigurdsson not had the best time at Everton. I think people expected more of him, uh, but again, a dangerous player. Walcott, I think he's shot. Honestly, uh, you know, he he gave an interview earlier this season in which he said he fell a little bit out of love with the game. At Arsenal, he needed a fresh start. It looks like he's still out of love with the game. Just just, just doing nothing, you know, and just like, he still plays like a kid, you know. He's just hugging the touchline and doesn't really contribute much to the game. I, I don't know. Um, uh, don't see him resurrecting his career. But, you know, this is this is an Everton team that, as you said, had been, you know, uh, in decent manner form. They're mid-table rivals. Sadly, <laughs> um, and yeah, I think this took us above them in the league. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's, right. was, that's a big win. Placing going to win itself, um, and, and and so the, you know the, this this given who United are at the moment, this should be a really tough game. But actually, United were in control for most of it. 
Very interesting team selection indeed. Really, I mean, you know, Mourinho has absolutely no idea of his best first eleven at the moment. It changes almost literally game to game. I think he played the same eleven against Chelsea and Juventus, but apart from that, it's it's been different every week. And uh, this this saw Lukaku dropped, which everyone's been crying out for, and was definitely the right decision. Rashford didn't have a brilliant game, but offered something very different. Uh, interesting. And, um, Lukaku I, hasn't scored for like you know four years or whatever it is. Like quite a lot of games. Anyway, 900 minutes or something for United. He's scoring freely for Belgium. Uh, Rashford got 65 and was dropped or hauled off. Well, he hasn't he hasn't been dropped yet, to be fair. And he, he did play the previous two games as well. No, so. I know. It just felt um, like, you know, you're going to give the kid a run up front. You give him the game. Um, maybe, but he, I guess he'd expended an awful lot of energy as well, hadn't he? He was he was running the whole the whole way through, and and by that point the game was in a in a pretty different state, wasn't it? Um, but an interesting, it wasn't just Rashford for Lukaku that was interesting. I think the front three of Martial, Rashford, and Mata, I think that's such a good front three in terms of what well, everything that Mata does to knit the game together, and his kind of we know that he roams all over the pitch in in the attacking third to to kind of support whoever's in possession of the ball. He's such a goal threat. Um, Martial's banging form again and scored an absolute banger. What lovely a goal. hit. Son. Really lovely goal. What a hit. Yeah. No, I agree with you on the, the dynamic of that front three. Um, I mean, the criticism of Rashford is that he's perhaps not that neat with the ball into his feet. Um, when he's, you know, he's when the ball's in front of him, yes. When the ball's into his feet and he's, he's having to, you know, get battered by a couple of big old centre-halves, although I'm not sure that uh, Keane and Zuma are big old centre halves. Well you zoom Zuma's built. Keen's not. Um anyway, look, the credit the point being the perhaps not the best part of his game. He's still developing that Rashford. He's obviously very young. He he's going to develop that. That's obviously the piece that um is uh you know sort of a strength of uh of no, it's Lukaku. not. Lukaku's rubbish at it. That's the thing. Genuinely, every, no, you've been saying this, I've been thinking... No, 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 Lukaku. you've decided what I was going to say before. I can see you shaking your head. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not what I'm saying. I'm not, <laughs> I know that Lukaku's not neat with his feet, but I don't think I don't think the sort of hold-up play is Rashford. You want the ball in front of him, right? So United have to play a different way, right? And that's not how United play ball in front. Um, but Lukaku, Lukaku wants the ball in front of him too. Like he just because he doesn't L- look Lukaku like Lukaku wants the ball about three yards out from goal because that's the only area he doesn't miss from. Um, wow! He could play the other way around, of course, because you know Tony Martial of of those has got the best technique of all of them by miles, right? And and Martial yeah. could easily play through the middle here and Rashford out wide, and that might be an even better, an even better mix. You know, not that. Honestly. Not I think that Marcus Rashford's best position is out wide, but you know. In the narrative of this game, maybe that was better. Who knows? But generally speaking, lots of movement from United. Um, and these this, these three better halves, you know, Chelsea um, and the two halves against Everton and even the comeback against Newcastle to some extent, you know, it helps build some story about um, uh, where United have failed in attack, you know, and, and two points of failure right now are Sanchez and Lukaku. Uh, and bringing other players in, perhaps long, long overdue, um, mm. has helped a little bit. Now, we'll see whether that continues. Of course, you know, uh, Sanchez may well come back into the side. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Martial had double-figure goals and assists before he got canned last season. 
for Sanchez. What a horrendous decision that was. You know, it's taken him an awful long time, a year to get over it by the looks of it. Um, and now he's in the team scoring again, playing well, which obviously means he's going to get dropped. Uh, and I don't expect Rashford to be playing up front uh, for very long. I mean, he could well get swapped out for the weekend game against Bournemouth. Certainly Mourinho didn't seem in any mood to suggest that um, Lukaku had been dropped permanently. So we got a... Uh, oh, Nemanja Matic, I've put this on the running order. Nemanja Matic was terrible in this game. Stunk again, again. Oh, stunk. Yeah. yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, I was watching the game with the sound off and I watched all the replays of the penalty uh, that we got. I didn't think it was a penalty on a single one of those. What were people saying? Was that was it widely considered a penalty and I'm just wrong? Uh, Well, so I was watching the uh, the NBC broadcast, which was with um, Lasso and Dixon as the co-coms and uh, neither of them thought it uh, was a penalty. I can easily see why the referee would have sought it, saw it as a penalty, you know, oh, toe yeah. on the ball and then took the legs, you know, and obviously Martial has looked for it and uh, uh, exaggerated <laughs> looked for looked, looked for it, looked for it. If that was Ashley Young, would you be saying he looked for it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, every striker does that, right? They play for the leg. He hunted, he hunted high and low. He got like a bounty hunter. He got like a private detective. He got everyone he could to help him. He got drone support to look for it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It it might not have survived VAR. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would Pogba's run-up have still... I mean, they could have done the VAR check while Pogba was doing his run-up, couldn't they? That's just insane. Uh, someone noted on Twitter today that it took Pogba longer to run up for his penalty than it takes Usain Bolt to run 100 metres. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever... So they did the picture-in-picture. Picture. It's the funniest... Th- it just made me laugh so long and so hard because it is... I mean, it's just hilarious. Uh, I know he scored quite a few penalties, really. <coughs> But I am not buying that that is a good idea. I don't understand what, why he's doing it. I mean, especially not against Pickford, who's never going early. Pickford is like a very good keeper against penalties, as we saw in the World Cup. And, you know, he, he actually made a very fine save in this one. So Pog was basically backing himself if the keeper doesn't go early to, to hit it unsavably. Yeah, basically. Uh, and he's missed two of them. Which he can he, do. Well, he can he, do. He, he can do. And he, he scored some fine penalties. In the World Cup, he scored uh, one to the top corner, didn't he? So, um, mm. uh, uh, and I think he may have banged one in the top corner against uh, whoever we lost to in the Capital One Cup the other week, whatever it's called this week. He scored, he scored against, he scored two or three this season already, I think. He scored against Young Boys with a pen as yeah. well. And then, of course, he, of course, he did score off the rebound. He did. He put it away neatly. Uh, Pick, Pickford's yeah. gone with the top hand there, and he might have been better going with the bottom hand. Um, it is the modern goalkeeping technique to go with the, the high hand to stretch across, uh, which is considered mm. the better technique these days. Didn't used to be in my day, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so, um, but it, it just means it's come straight back out. Uh, whereas yeah. uh, with the other hand, it probably wouldn't have. Uh, but yeah, Pogba's run in, followed it in, and and tucked it away neatly. Uh, I I would love to see if there's any data on whether this technique is better because, uh, you know, where, where he's put it is probably um uh probably a, like an eighty percent chance of scoring there. I'd have a look at the exact data. There is there is a Twitter account that um has 
and this you've got to be really dedicated to do this is looked at penalties are like 10,000 penalties and he maps all the data exactly where it goes into the goal and these chances of scoring so uh, I will I have forgotten what it's called now it's like called penalty xg or something like that um uh but you know it's a high high chance of scoring there but he's not hit it nearly cleanly enough and I think he's going to hit that way cleaner with a, just a proper run up and a strike you know he, you wouldn't do that with a free kick, would you? And you wouldn't do that when you're passing the ball. So why is it going to be any cleaner than doing it this way? He's he's just hoping that the keeper's going to gamble. That's it. Yeah, it's a, it's psychology, isn't it? That's it's whether it's whether that psychology is long term. Uh, in poker, they would say, is this a plus EV strategy? Is this a plus expected value strategy? And I'm, I'm yeah. no way convinced that it is. But listen, I'm, I haven't looked at the numbers, so I could be I'm wrong. I'm sure there's better techniques to try and psych out a keeper, you know, giving him the eyes and <laughs> pointing. Get Anderson, get, sign, re-sign Anderson to give him funny looks and stuff. Like he or did from free you're just banging the top corner and you're going to score 95% of the time. Yeah. Probably quite difficult to do that every time, though, anyway. But uh, Pogba also gave the ball away for their penalty, but, you know, he, he, was, he wasn't was exactly uh, blessed with options around No, he wasn't, but he tried a stupid... He tried, he tried to, like, chip it over the man. He could just put it out. He could just bang it. He, yeah, I know. Mm. It's not that... But, in this game, he's, uh, he's missed the pen, scored a goal, got an assist, and given away the ball for their, uh, their goal. And played the best pass I've seen this season. Like, I can't, I genuinely can't think of a, a pass. Do you know the one I mean? It was the one to Martial for the Rashford offside yeah. goal. No which look. was just like, I, I, it, the the way he swept it between the two defenders and like from miles out, this isn't like they're, they're on him and he sweeps it through them. It's absolute precision and perfectly onto Martial's run. And it was such a shame that that goal was offside because uh, that pass definitely deserved a goal at the end of it. It did. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's my, my favourite pass of the year. Um, Romelu Lukaku came on, still looked exhausted, still looked terribly out of form. Uh, nothing in that cameo made it look like he wants to, he should be straight back in the 11. And I'm a, big Lukaku fan I'm not one of these people that think he's rubbish and terrible at everything no he's not terrible at um, everything but look he's he's gone to the semi-finals of the World Cup he's played an awful lot of football uh, yep. for his young age you know a hell yep. of a lot never gets a break it looks like he needs one yeah and a, and a break isn't one game is no, it a break give him a few a weeks off downtime. send him to yeah. Dubai or wherever and get some sun and yeah. come back refreshed and also send Chris Smalling to Dubai, get some sun. The bit about comeback refresh, that's totally optional. If he wants to come back, he can. We'll pay him, put him on the books. But there's no, no, I mean, listen, he's had an all right season, Chris Smalling. But, oh, my giddy aunt. What? 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 Why? What? 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 He's a, that was his 300th game for Manchester United and he's doing that in his three not his third game for Manchester United not even his 30th game but his 300th game for the club what a shame. yeah I, I said earlier that Walcott still plays like he's a kid Smalling still defends like he's a kid as well so lots of blame for Pogba obviously for giving the ball away even more for Smalling for going in with that tackle 
That's one where you're watching it and you're thinking, right, whatever you... Oh, no, it's too late. That's He's exactly done. The thing you didn't even have time to think, whatever you do, don't do that. He'd already done it by the time he'd had the thought. All right, let's move on. Shall we Shall we talk? Uh, take some questions from listeners? Yeah, for sure. This is always my favourite part of the show. Chris underscore Smythe 19. Smythe Smith. I feel like that's a new... I feel like that is a new question. I think it's a, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck by the time Paul Pogba oh. hits his penalty? <laughs> so I'm going to guess that means he's a long-time listener. Um, so much, all the wood. Like, or at least 10.83 seconds of it, right? Uh, yes. 10.58. Uh, Nine, 9.58. Sorry, you say. <laughs> Just bad. So bad. <laughs> It's Real Madrid poaching Mourinho, our own chance of getting rid of him. <laughs> Says if Lucas wishing, underscore M United. If wishing made it I don't so, well, Lucas. you know, you, Juve, Juve, Real Madrid, looks like they're going to sack uh, Lopetegui. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, has anyone's managerial career gone into the toilet as fast as this guy's? Uh, manages to get himself sacked by Spain. Uh, for announcing or uh, having announced for him that he's taking the Real Madrid job. Uh, they are somewhere in mid-table in La Liga, got absolutely annihilated by Barcelona at the weekend. Uh, Real Madrid managers don't survive this, do they? He was taking training today, but it's only a matter of time. I think they're just negotiating with uh, various options at the moment. Antonio Conte is all, you know, available, of course, but surely Mourinho is the answer. I just like Lopetegui must just he just goes to the board and you're really gonna sack me I mean I know it's not going well but do you know what you cost do you know what you people cost me I mean yeah just absolutely atrocious it, taking training it's so funny like you just imagine him taking training and all the players going all right all right Julian yeah you're definitely gonna be here for the long term aren't you we'll we'll definitely pay f- close attention to all your instructions in this training session um I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him as well because, you know, we support Man United. We know what happens when you don't properly replace Cristiano Ronaldo. All right, we got a couple of league titles out of it because we're the greatest football manager in the history of mankind. And also he did eventually sign Robin Van Persie who sort of replaced those goals. But Madrid, they, they, they've really... Their recruitment over the last few years has been pretty dreadful off the... I mean, well, in terms of... They also stuff. haven't spent a lot of money. They, they, no. yeah, nowhere near the the top top echelons of spending in European football. So, which is which is interesting. No. Yeah, they've they 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 are doing redevelopment at Bernabeu. They have some debt. You know, guess Madrid's council isn't willing to buy one of their extra training grounds for billions and gazillions of euros. So, uh, they they've been pretty good at selling players, mind you. You know, yeah. getting good value. So. Um, John Gale, J.H. Gale on Twitter, friend of the show, says, uh, why do you guys think our decision-making in the final third is so poor, so wasteful, and no one seems to do the basics? Funny, I was, I was bemoaning the fact that United weren't taking enough risks. Um, it's, I don't know if that was the case against Everton. I, felt, I feel like there was movement. I think sometimes it's lack of movement that, that uh, doesn't help United. And very, very rarely do United have players running beyond the ball. Very rarely, you know, it's just not yep. just not making those third man runs, and that's the kind of thing that creates space. Absolutely, problems are structural and confidence based, and both 
things lie so insanely directly in the hands of the manager. And this isn't just a random anti-Mourinho thing. It's whoever the manager is, one of their jobs is to make sure that the str- there's no clear vision for our attacking patterns of play and I think that's you know um the the managers who are most successful at the moment tend to be managers who train automation you know automation in the final third you know where your teammates are going to be so you know how you're going to find them you know the types of runs they're going to make and at the moment it seems to be left to the individual players and when they're also low in confidence then you get poor decision making yeah Alex Hamon Otero. Uh, Hi, Alex. I'm Bruzo Hello, on Alex. Twitter. That's... Says, uh, does Ian Brown releasing a new single mean United back? <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit of late nineties, late nineties Manchester. Yes, love it. No, Great no, question. No. Yeah, we're not. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Remember when he sang at Gary Neville's testimonial and was almost in tune. Almost. Yeah. Arnie Lochner says, the Glazers appoint you to replace Ed Woodward tomorrow. What are the first three things you do? Um, hire, like, dramatically reduce the level of power I have at the club. Hire, hire that guy from who just was at Juve recently to be director of football um, and Marotta. ask him who he thinks the manager should be. Yeah, that's it. Um, perhaps, perhaps get Zidane in. Just like, oh no, I'll tell you what I do. I hire Eric Cantona as manager, I hire Patrice Evra as director of football, and I hire Paul Scholes as a technical coach. And uh, I hope it all goes all right. It's not going to, though, is it? Uh, no, oh, oh, so many things to choose from. Um, I sell. I give a free transfer immediately to Antonio Valencia and Chris Smalling, and then I resign. Those, <laughs> the, those, the old, those, the old championship are... manager technique. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, you, you take on two uh, take on two teams at the same time and sell Valencia to Juve for four hundred million pounds. Yes, and then I resign and let someone who knows what they're doing take over. What do you do, Edward? Yeah, it's all stru- it's all structural. Yeah, you, uh, you you get that director of football in because that is the modern way. Uh, you sack the coach, you get a new one in. It just count as one or two choices, that one. Uh, and then That's two. That's one. You're that's done. one. That's one. And then uh, okay. Okay. Uh, obviously you give uh, Jorge Mendes £500 million to fill out your team. <laughs> it's working for Wolves, is it? I haven't looked at the table recently. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going it's on. It's working the versus, uh, versus their uh, expectations. Right. I would say something like that. All right, one more question. What takes longer, Pogba's penalty run or Lukaku getting back onside? Cruel, cruel, says Andrew McCoy. We've answered that I really one. Thought that, I really thought that was going to be what takes longer, Pogba's penalty run out or the gap between rank casts. Yeah, well, that's true. Why do so many South American players fail at United, says Thus963. I think he's a new questioner there. Uh, do they? Yes, they. I guess they do. Any no conspicuous successes? Gabriel Heinze was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Until he tried to go to Liverpool, the traitor. Yeah. Um, Juan Severon is a marvelous player, and you are all idiots. I think you've missed a word all, out there, Paul. Yeah, I missed several words out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scottish yeah. words. Uh, yeah, clearly. Um, I don't know. I. I do think it's a small sample size. You know, I think probably if we'd signed Sergio Aguero, that would have worked out fine, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. or Neymar. Although, I, I don't know, would Neymar work in this team right now? 
Rafael is dead to me, by the way, celebrating the Brazilian election result last night. Oh, He's I didn't notice me. that. He, so um, Rafael is a big sponsor of Nazis. That's yeah, unfortunate. So, I think he seemed like such a nice guy as well. Yeah. I, I am Dead going to, to talking of Argentinians. I know he's Brazilian, but we did talk about Argentinians. I am going to Buenos Aires in December. Unfortunately, I'm very disappointed about this. It just falls in between the two last rounds of the uh, Argentinian Championship um, in early December. Uh, so there isn't a game on while I'm there. Um, no. Well, that's bad for you experiencing amazing things, but good for you in the percentage chance of you being slightly less likely to die. Oh, <laughs> Oh, it'd be all right. It'd be all right. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be fine. It'd be, you'd be fine. You'd I'd be fine. <laughs> that would happen. I'd say, take that for your Malvinas. <laughs> Give him a good kicking. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't. This one for Carlos Tevez. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. All right. We all knew that. Sorry if we didn't get to your questions. There's a game coming up against, uh, against Bournemouth. Against them... Them cherries who are absolutely crushing it at the moment. I mean, the Premier League table, it looks nice for Bournemouth, doesn't it? They must think, oh, this is nice. Yeah. They, they, it's a Saturday game. Should... Early kickoff. Yeah. If we beat them by five goals, we'll go above them in the table. <laughs> Could happen. Never know with our newfound confidence. <laughs> we are back after all. I mean, this is this is where things are at. We we are currently three points and uh, a goal difference of seven worse off than Bournemouth. Than Bournemouth. Also behind Watford. That. We are sticking it to Everton now. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. the, when you look at the table, it doesn't look very nice. We're recording on Monday night, so uh, City are playing Spurs as we speak uh, right. on some cabbage patch ruined by the NFL. What a dumb game that is. Uh, and Liverpool the top of the league. It's such a good game. I don't. Your dislike for American football is so weird. Um, I was looking at the XG tables because I am a nerd, and uh, City are almost exactly where they're meant to be based on XG, which is terrifying. Like they're not supposed to have conceded many more goals than the three they've conceded all season, and they're not supposed to have scored many fewer than the twenty-six. There's just nothing about this that's freakish or fluky. What's the score in the City game at the moment? One 0 City. Right, all right. There we go. Um, but yeah, the the, uh, the the Bournemouth game is is genuinely going to be a challenge. They are clearly in better form than us. Uh, they beat, I think, Fulham. Wow, well, you're only as good nil. as your last, yeah, your last fixture, and United are back. Clearly, we've well, they, if they're bet, they got a better result in their last fixture than we got in our last fixture. To be fair, so so, so uh, away, tricky away tie at Bournemouth. I haven't said that since the early 1980s, uh, <laughs> when we did lose there, by the way, in the cuff in the early 80s. Uh, do, do we didn't put we, up, shut, shut up shop and uh, go a bit defensive? Is, is Mourinho going to change the team around? Who knows? Um, I, Bournemouth success is, is interesting to consider. Star players this season, Ryan Fraser, uh, midfielder with three goals and five assists already this season. Callum Wilson, five goals and four assists. And Josh King on, on four goals, the ex-Red, uh, of course. Um, Callum Wilson has been, a, you know, always was a very promising player, then obviously got a very bad injury and it was a, bit yeah. a, a year out of the game, wasn't he? But, uh, you know, he's, he, could, he could go on to much greater things than... Than Bournemouth, maybe they'll end up at Watford because they're also also both in the league. Um, it's interesting that um, 
that Bournemouth are playing four four two, but they they're obviously like a very progressive side. And and Eddie Howe has done miracles. Like it's an amazing. Um, I mean, not quite miracles because they do they did get the some backing when they're in the championship, didn't yeah. they, from Russian investment and stuff. But nonetheless, I mean, to keep them in the to keep them comfortably in the Premier League without without really massive investment at any point. I mean, and then they, you know, they do it playing. It's, oh, I can't say, and there's nothing I've, I can say here that hasn't been said before, but they do it playing lovely, lovely football. And and I've mentioned a couple of times recently that one of the things I would like to see at United would be an Eddie Howe type appointment. And I don't ever really mean him when I say it, but I'm, but I wonder whether he would actually be able to do it at, at, at a big club. Yeah, uh, he probably won't get the uh, get, get the option. So, I mean, the uh, the big teams in England tend to appoint big, experienced managers. I, I'm not I'm not falling for their, yeah. you know, and uh, only only uh, only foreigners get it. Lark, uh, although <laughs> yeah, it's partly true. Um, it's you know, it's it's big, experienced managers because there's lots and lots of money at stake. Um, and it's, you know, what chief executive is going to take a gamble on someone like Eddie Howe, who hasn't achieved it at a, anything at a decent level yet, you know. He, he's obviously yeah, a very good coach. He's obviously a very good coach, but I think he'd have to move on. You know, he'd have to find his stepping stone club before he got that chance. Pochettino, I don't think, I think Pochettino's record as a manager before he got the Spurs job was very comparable to Eddie Howe's. True, I True. Guess he was say... basically at the Bournemouth of, of uh, La Liga before coming to Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, going and to I, Southampton and could... then Spurs, yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? He went to Southampton, proved kind of proved himself there, and Spurs, one of the reasons, like Spurs being a kind of absolutely nailed on top six, top six club minimum and probably top four, that's Poge- that's the Pochettino effect, yeah. isn't it? That that so so maybe there's maybe there is a, a club in the country that could springboard, but you, you it wouldn't. I don't think it'd be shocking if if Pochettino goes somewhere else that that Spurs would maybe take a gamble on Eddie Howe. That yeah, right. No, no, that that seems reasonably logical. That, that seems perfectly fair enough. Yeah, Pochettino talking this week actually. Uh, it's a little aside about this being the toughest time he's had at Spurs and restrictions on budget and Spurs have. Um, uh, about 360 million of net debt as a result of the new stadium still not open. Um, will be getting will be opened at some point, and they can have their pitch ruined by NFL next year. <laughs> um, oh, I'd love to see NFL at Old Trafford just to just to hear the rant from Mourinho. <laughs> 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 well they had rugby in the international break there was a rugby match on a, on a Old Trafford I don't think that can be any good for the pitch I'm sure it? it's not um, I mean we're away at Bournemouth which brings back the spectre of Marilyn Fellaini scoring a goal on his knees one of the greatest goals of the post Sir Alex Ferguson era at Manchester United without question um, we watched that game together in a London pub I don't know if you remember Ed it was a miserable, miserable weather in Bournemouth. That was the one where one swung straight into the goal uh, from a corner early on. That's right. What, what, what's and the score going to be? Mm. What's the team going to be first before we predict a score? What's the team going to be? Um, and, and I mean, there's no, there's no midweek game, right? Because you know, no, you're out not of the, beforehand. the Carling one Cup. Up, there's one yeah. after. Uh, so uh, there's no real reason to change back five, is there? Um, well, apart from Chris Smalling's in it. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 not going to happen. He's he's fallen out with Eric Bailly. Eric Bailly will never yeah. play for United again. He'll be on the <laughs> just sat on the bench watching. No, in a year, Eric Bailly will be playing absolutely out of his skin, and Mourinho will be like, "I've fixed him, everyone. I've fixed yeah. him. It's fine. You're all welcome." So unless Valencia is him. back, it's it's going to be young Lindelof, Smalling, Shaw at the back. Uh, Pogba and Matic are certainly in. I guess Fred was bright enough against Everton to have earned his place. Um, I mean, I, I'd the like experiment to see it, with Juan guess... playing at number ten. Uh, seems to have been seems given short shrift two games. I mean, that's quite a, that's a that's a an epic spell of consistency for Mourinho. Yeah. Um, yeah, always hard to pick the balance. I mean, he's he's get, yeah, Lukaku's going to come back, isn't he? He's not going to keep Lukaku out the side for more than one game. I mean, he should. He really, really like, should. Yeah, cause... yeah. He he should for not. Because I hate Lukaku or anything like that. Just yeah, yeah the, the guy needs a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does Sanchez come back in? I mean, he's having an extended run out of the team, and you know he's obviously Mourinho pushed so hard to get this guy. You, you wonder whether something's happened there. Punishment, Punishment beating, isn't Sorry. it? So yeah. maybe he doesn't come back in, and you know maybe it's uh, Martial is dropped because he's playing far too well to stay in the side. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I will be genuinely, absolutely shocked if Mourinho drops Martial because he doesn't. I don't. I just don't think that's quite his mo at the moment, especially not after taking credit for his uh, performance. So that means he's allowed to keep picking him. I hate him. He's <laughs> just such an absolute train wreck of a manager. Oh, I don't understand. I don't understand how people still want him to be United manager. I really don't. It's it's genuinely like. I mean, people have explained it to me and I'm just like, nah, none of that stacks up. He's just a nightmare man. And the sooner we get his ugly, toxic masculinity out of Man United, the happier everyone's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what the score's going to be against Bournemouth. I suppose we're probably going to win because the momentum train of keeping him in a job till the end of the season is nicely running now. We're in the sort of uh, January, February of 2016 of Van Hal. You know, <laughs> the kind of like everything's gone absolutely as bad as it can get and now we're kind of on a little rebound here. It, well, it has months. to go on a mega rebound because there's no guarantee United are uh, making the top four at this stage. <laughs> Several... Dozen points behind Liverpool, I think. Something like I don't know what it is. It's a lot. Anyway, uh, I'm going to say United going to win 2-1. Two, two, don't, I don't know. Just, I'm just picking numbers out of the air at this stage. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, Simon Stevens, suggesting uh, that the nightmare, the real true nightmare scenario here is we finish 7th or 8th in the league, but somehow win the Europa League and Jose keeps his job. <laughs> That's... Could, could, could happen. Yeah, it could indeed. All right, as could United winning 2-1, I'm going to pick a one-all draw just for funsies. Why not? All right. Um, uh, and, Everton win uh, with we'll be 10th. Yeah, and then we'll um, we'll play, we'll do a podcast between the Bournemouth game and the Juventus game. Might be a bit of a squeeze to get it out before Juve, but we're not going to try and wait till after the Champions League because that was a disaster last time we tried it. We'll record so, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, uh, I I can't promise that, Ed, diary-wise. All right. Put pulleys together, We'll work it out. This is an off-air conversation. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Rankcast, which is, as always, brought to you by the good people who choose to back us at patreon.com slash rantcast. Um, if you want to get involved over there, if you back us at a level of $5 plus VAT per month, every episode you get a little bit of bonus content. And this week we decided to take a trip across the pond to talk about Wayne Rooney and MLS. 12 and 20 and 6 assists and, uh, yeah, he's... Um... Uh, he's had a, a, a really excellent start to his career in in, in Washington, you know. Uh, hasn't got as many as Latan, of course. He's got 22 in 24, I, I think. It doesn't matter. I mean, he'll, he'll be playing in, like, the A-League third division when he's 50 and scoring a goal a game. Um, in his last, I believe in his last 16 fixtures, he has eight man in the match <laughs> does uh it goes just this is a bit before that this is like a few fixtures back brace no goal brace brace goal 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 and assist assist hat trick and an assist assist no goal goal no goal 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 brace goal goal and an assist (laughs) he is too good for mls and you know he's linked with a move back to madrid and not back to madrid a, a, a move to real madrid which like would be pretty crazy but um 